Hi, I'm Tom Hansen. And I'm Kat Hansen. In 2014, our son Harding was diagnosed with congenital heart disease. And since then, we have experienced the ups and downs that come along with being a CHD parent. In this podcast, we share some of the lessons we've learned along the way and the things we wish we knew at the start of our journey. In each episode, we also chat with CHD experts to get their stories of hope, encouraging insights, and valuable resources to give parents like us the right help at the right time. This is the Hope and Courage Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are talking to Lisa Colville. She is a heart warrior, and she is really incredible. We love talking to her. And she actually just released a new book. It's a devotional, and it's called The Hope of a Heart Warrior. You know, Lisa is an author of two books. She's a heart warrior. Uh, She's a mom of two kids. Mm -hmm. So just... Uh, a big inspiration, had a lot of really great insights to share on lots of different things. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we cover is just how, you know, she is from a Vietnamese family and just how her culture had an effect on her experience with CHD. It's yeah. very interesting. It's something I'd never thought of before. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of made me think, you know, I bet there's a lot of cultural frameworks and and things around us that impact the way that we see CHD, the way we process it, the way we raise our kids, communicate about it. All that stuff is, is uh, really, really interesting. The other thing uh, that was a big theme was just what it's like for her to be a parent. She's a parent of two kids and, and what it's like for her to be a parent with CHD and how that affects her parenting. Yeah. And I, you know, we are not heart warriors ourselves, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I think we've wrestled with throughout our entire parenting of, of our son with CHD is, is that loss of normal or that somehow his experience is less than normal. And one of those things you think about long, long term is like, how is school? How is there, what's college? Is that going to be in the picture? Marriage, kids, those kind Mm -hmm. of things. And so just to hear from a heart warrior having that experience of having two kids, raising two kids that are heart healthy, mm-hmm. um, w- which is interesting, but it was, it was kind of a, a unique perspective. And I think from the perspective of a CHD parent, kind of comforting to hear the story of a, of a heart warrior as a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also get to hear, you know, sh- the, the book she has written are devotionals. And so you get to hear a little bit about her faith and how that played a role. In she everything. reads one of her chapters. Yes. You guys are going to love it. She, re- she reads one of her devotional entries. Yeah. Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump to our conversation with Lisa. Great. Lisa Colville, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be on. I've been wanting to get on when I had Anna come on for her. And then I asked you guys, I think it's been a while since, you know, we've touched base. And then I yeah. made a new account, so I kind of lost you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. We're happy that you you made it. So for folks who may not be uh, as familiar with you and your background, would you mind kind of just sharing a little bit about who you are and your connection to CHD and just a little bit about your experience? I was born here um, in the U.S., in Pennsylvania, in 1979, and I was born with congenital heart defect. I have actually three types. The first one they found was PDA um, because it didn't close. Then I had a hard time feeding. So at three months, I had my first surgery in Philadelphia Children's Hospital. While they're in there, they found a VSD. Oh, okay. 
But I was so little, and they said they hoped it would close on its own. Then it didn't, and then I keep getting worse. So they told my parents we had to move to a warmer climate. So hmm. we chose California. So I moved here, still didn't get any better. And then I had a referral from my doctor back there to see a doctor out here at Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. They did a lot of testing, and they found out that, yes, it needs to be fixed because the hole was actually bigger than what they found while they were in surgery when I was little. So when I was six years old, I had my second surgery, which is in the front. The first one was actually in the back. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've only heard of one other person where that's happened. They've done the surgery that way. That's really yeah, but when they did my PDA, they also found out I had. Um, I'm gonna try to say this: pulmonary pulmonary syntosis. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those two were done in the back. Okay. Um, two three days apart because when they went in for PDA, they found that. But I was so little in weight that they waited three to four days after the recovery mm. of this one. Go back, redid the pulmonary syntosis. And that was it until I was six again to do the VSD. Have you ever like talked to your parents about, you know, what that was like for them? I'm sure that felt scary for them and maybe they were unsure of how to navigate that. Okay. So that puts me the reason, the main purpose of my journey to help other parents. My Mm. parents came from Vietnam at the Mm. time, like 75, 76. So English was very limited to them for one. And two, they were by themselves, like in a community without Vietnamese, like without other Vietnamese people. Mm. And so to them, they didn't have anyone to talk to. They didn't have any books to read. They didn't have any internet. So we, they had nothing. Yet they raised me and we don't talk a lot because in my culture, we don't talk about illness. Um, mm. I was known as you had a heart issue, you had surgery, it was fixed. And then that was it. We never talked about the emotional side the Mm -hmm. mental side, how they handled it, or even me. Like growing up, mom keeps telling me, cover up your scar, you know, you're okay now, you can go do things like that. We don't actually sit and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. And that's what drove me in the beginning to want to do this to help out and reach the Vietnamese community. Yeah, it seems like that's, we've talked to a lot of parents. It's interesting that you would say that 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 was a cultural uh, expression for for your Vietnamese family, but I, I think that that's a that's pretty common among CHD parents in general. Is to is I think you know you can either obsess about it all the time; it's something that you're always talking about, always you know in an unhealthy way maybe, or you can just kind of go, "It's fixed. It's gone. It's over. It's behind us. We don't need to talk about it," you know. And so, what were the what do you feel like were the consequences of that choice to just pretend like it was fixed and it's done? You know what yeah. what. Yeah, what do you think uh, that resulted in? It was hard for me to make Vietnamese friends because, for Mm. one, they don't understand me, why I'm the way I am. So in the Mm. Vietnamese culture, they develop mentally, um, and I want to say, like, the other kind of, um, like, they develop faster than I did in some way. So then they didn't want to be friends with me because I was on the slower end of the spectrum of things. So, yeah, and then they kind of looked at me like I was a nerd. And so I didn't really have that much friends. Mom never explained to the parents why I'm the way I am. So they kind of just, okay, but she's like that. We won't be friends with her. So that was kind of the downside where they don't understand. So they just shied away from me. And then Uh, mom, on one hand, didn't really explain to her friends. So her friends saw me as, oh, my kid's better than yours. 
type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So then, mom, honestly, my whole life, I felt she thinks I'm a disappointment because mm-hmm. out of her other friends, her kids does more things faster, easier for them. Mm-hmm. And me, it took me longer. It took me harder. And then sometimes when I was little, I didn't understand my condition. So I would give up. So sure. technically, I graduated high school, just regular, no honors, no nothing. Yet all her friends' kids did all that. So it made mm-hmm. me lose that part of myself and that part of having friends. And then in a sense, my mom, I think she lost her self-esteem in a way, but she never told me. Well, now I know that you, you know, you've talked about, you know, being an advocate and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, really helping parents. And I know in that you've you've written some books. And would you tell us about... Uh, some of the books that you've written and, and kind of what what drove you to uh, to make those? The first book I wrote was 2019. Um, I had my separation from my husband. So I wrote it because I found God during that separation. I mm. found God. I was never really, I don't want to say religion. I never had a religion or a self of my own. Mom raised uh, Buddhism, but she never pushed me for it. And so I never found my own sense of awakening and then I found God, and in that I wrote my first book through the beauty, through the beauty of grace. I will. So it's God gave us His grace, and I wrote fifty days of what we do in return for His grace. Mm. So that was my first book, and yeah. it took me almost four years because in between I tried other things, and it really didn't hit home. It didn't say that this book was the one until I did this. Um, I wrote this book because after a while, I became part of the Heart Community Collection with Anna, Amy, and Jenny, and then I made friends along the way, and some of the heart warriors that I've met told me stories of themselves as well, and I saw that what they went through was either worse than what I went through, Um, also some of them went through other stuff, dealing with CHD and other personal stuff. Then I realized I dealt with personal stuff but we never talked about it. So then I ended up writing this to help out the CHD community, the parents, the heart warriors to know that while you're dealing with a critical, um, a chronic illness, you're not alone and that God is always there. And also I never had anyone tell me things that I had said in here. So I wrote it for other people to know that there is always hope. I love that. Tom, we are in the final stages of finishing our book, and it feels so good. And I promise our listeners, to our listeners, this is not a joke. Uh, It's not one of the classic cat pranks that she likes to play. That I don't do, but you think that I do for some reason. That's right. If she calls you and asks if your refrigerator's running, I warned you. But no, no, the book is great. It's it's coming together. We are literally almost done. It's We're literally in the stage of just formatting the pages and making sure the words fit. We're taking it from Microsoft Word to actual pages of a book. Right. And uh, which is a fun process. Right. And uh, there there has to be a physical version of it. Right. And a e-publication version of it. And so that is a unique challenge as well. But our formatters we've been working with have been awesome. Yeah, and like as someone who's not like a super details person, you know, you and I having an hour long conversation about how we should be using italicized oh, formatting man. on like in the text. Tom and like... I, Tom and I had a, let's just say it, we had a fight last week. 
wow. over italicizing and how to use it in our book. Trouble in Paradise, And folks. now that we are outside of that, it just feels like, oh my gosh, I just can't. It's going to be worth it. I can't care this much about italics. <laughs> no. It's the way font is art. Okay. <laughs> okay? Font is art. Well, hopefully you guys will appreciate they what will. They're going to love it. With. It's amazing. It's uh, definitely a labor of love, and we're super proud of it. And it will be coming out soon. Yeah, our hope is to have it ready by the fall of 2022, that you'll be able to order it, order it on Amazon. And we're just so excited to share it with you guys, to share it with the CHD community at large. So visit TomandCatHanson.com. You can put in your email and you can be the first to be notified when the book is ready. That, that's that's exactly what we're passionate about too is giving hope to these families out there and yes um, and just just for the the listener they can't see the book you're holding up but you're holding up your new book um, yes. it's a devotional it's the hope of a heart warrior and we've heard great things about it uh, we've ordered our copy I can't wait to go through it um, do you and mind I think, if I read one from it later absolutely please do I that would be amazing. Yeah, go ahead. Let's hear it. Oh, now? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Something. I was like, okay. All right, I'm going to read to you guys um, one day out of the my new book, and I hope it resonates. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, real quick, my dedication, I dedicate this book to the Heart Community Collection as well, so you guys are all in there. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, I'm going to do... Day nine, your scar is your legacy. And I wrote this one because I was always told to hide mine growing up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want other heart warriors in this generation to feel they have to hide theirs. So here I go. Before you were born, God chose you to bear the scar of a warrior. Let your scar become the story of God's plan for you. Don't fear or hide when you are meant to shine and leave a footprint so that other warriors who come after you will follow and be blessed by your legacy of God's grace. And then I did this scripture, let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. Mm, that's a good one. It's so beautiful on to, the inside too. The cover's you. beautiful. I also want to give um, credit to Jenny Muscatel. She did my cover. She did? Oh Jenny. My gosh. And she did. Um, so also Jenny is a heart mom we all know but i just want the people to know that she also has her own publishing company and she did the design which i love she did the heart for each day so yeah so the cover and the design is thanks to jenny muscatel thank you jenny yes (laughs) yes so just everyone who listens is for jenny too to know that she (laughs) if anyone needs her she can do one for you guys and um, at the end of the book, I have a little poetry surprise for you all, but I won't read it. It's just because when you read it, you'll know. Oh, I love that. That's and awesome. So that's why my reason to write all this and do all this is because I've been there. I've been there. I was alone. My parents mm-hmm. were alone. So mm-hmm. I just want to reach out. That's such a unique perspective that you have. You know, I, I don't think I've ever thought through like the cultural effects on someone with CHD, you know, how, how much your culture kind of defines your experience with it. Um, That's so interesting.
So um, I know now that you you have two kids. And yes. so what has your experience been like as a, as a heart warrior and as a parent? Do you feel like um, you've seen any of, of the effects or impact that your experience with CHD has had on your, your style of parenting? Actually, I've been really lucky with that because I had my mom's help and my kids are really great kids. And one more thing, they were born healthy hearts. Oh, great. So yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but being a mom, when they were little, everything was easy because they're always a mommy's girl. Now mm-hmm. my daughter's 12 <laughs> and she understands, but it's just that she wants things, do things. And there's certain things I can't do. So I tell her, go do them with your friends. And she gets mm-hmm. it. You know, but it's been an award um, to actually get to have two children without complications. I had serenity natural. I had Sean a C-section, but I had nothing to do with my heart. Hmm. But yeah, it I it was a ride. Um, when I was pregnant with serenity, I got to share this because I shared it on Anna's and this is like something you guys will know. So being a CHD warrior, I was supposed to see a cardiologist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I was so scared that they would say something negative. I kept it a secret from them until I was seven months. Mm -hmm. My OBG was freaking out. He sent a referral and I had to go. And the heart doctor looked at me and said, at least you're still sitting here. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but after that, having Sean was a breeze throughout the pregnancy and because with Serenity, I was kind of scared. I was intimidated. So I kind of kept my fears a secret because mm-hmm. I thought if I talked about it, I had to go to the doctor and get checked out. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, I had a good birth with her. Did you, so did they, once, you know, you ha- had to see a cardiologist um, with your, with your firstborn, did they start monitoring you? Like doing... They started monitoring me and then they did a test for her while she was in my womb to see if mm-hmm. she had CHD or any other amylies for the heart area, and it mm-hmm. came out negative. But they That's put awesome. me on extra, like, vitamins, besides, mm-hmm. you know, your prenatal vitamins. Uh, oh. My heart doctor gave me extra vitamins and stuff like that. And other than that, I was monitored twice a week. Mm-hmm. Instead of once a week, I was monitored twice a week. Yeah, that's interesting because when I when I was pregnant with Harding, you know, I don't have CHD, but once we found out that he did, I had to be monitored twice a week to check on him and how his heart was doing. Yeah, and so with Sean, they did the same thing, but with Sean, we knew earlier because I was okay with Serenity. So when Sean came along, OBG, cardiologist, everyone was on board. Mm-hmm. So when I was, I want to say four months with Sean because I don't do weeks very well. Uh, I had my first test for Sean to see if he mm-hmm. had CHD. But it was too, he was too little. So when I was six months, I redid it again and it was still negative, but they wanted to recheck because I four months was too young, mm. but that was my cardiologist um, wanting it. So at six months, I redid it again and he was still negative. So what, what is your emotion as a mom with CHD? Uh, what, what are some of the, the feelings and thoughts that you're having being pregnant, you know, are you, are you worried about your heart? Are you worried that your children are going to have CHD? Like what, what are some of yes. the things you were thinking about? Um, well, first I worried. the main thing was how would we make it through childbirth, especially with Serenity? Cause she was my first sure. and I was so scared that something bad would go wrong. But then I always, the fear goes away quickly 
than it does mm. now. Now I, I think about everything and worry about everything for them. <laughs> but back then, I worried about it. But see, when I was pregnant, I just pushed it out of my mind. So mm. I don't try not to deal with it. And other than that, with Sean, I didn't worry because I had surgery. I knew it was good. I When I had Sean, I had full support of my cardiologist. So I didn't have that worry <laughs> in me. Now, raising them, when they were babies, it was easy. Now, I worry that I can't catch up with them, can't mm. do much with them as they get older. Mm. You know, I worry about my health, how it's going to affect them in the long run, like, if they, as they get older. You know, if they're going to have any heart issues or if they come up doing things in that, am I able to do things with them now? See, now I start to think like that. Right. But yeah. when they were younger, I kind of flew by as a breeze. So if so- if someone was listening to this podcast and they just found out about their child's CHD, um, what advice would you have to a new parent who's found out that their, their child has CHD? Wow, I wish you could ask my mom that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, for me, I want to say, honestly, stay calm hmm. and reach out. There is social media. There is websites. Reach out to other moms. Reach out to other heart warriors. Um, you know, and always, always get second to third opinions. Um, look into different doctor, you know, options, care, facility. You just, there's so much out there now than when I was little that they do not need to rely on just one doctor saying this or that, or one heart parent saying this and that, you know, go out there, read books, get to know other heart patients, listen to podcasts like this one, like Anna's and just get to know other people and their story and always have the hope that your child will be okay because through everything and everyone, yes, their stories are different, but in the end, they are not alone. Yes. And it's okay to cry. It's okay to lash out, but in the end, know that we are holding their hands. We, as in you as a heart mom, me as a heart warrior, we're holding their hands along the way. Yeah, I love that. That's something that, like, I, I love about being a part of the the heart community collection and what it provides for newly diagnosed families. I, yes. Gosh, to have something like someone just hand me, you know, a website where it says like, here are a ton of like CHD resources mm-hmm. written by we heart We didn't work. have that back no. then. Like when you had yours, you probably had more than I did. Like when my mom had right. it, we had yeah. zero, you right, know? Right, right. And I'm still here and I'm 43. So, you know, there is hope. That's so great to hear. Thank you. For anyone who's, who's listening, I know that you, you have a blog, you have your books that are available. Can you tell them where they can find that stuff? My book is actually only on Amazon Mm because I self-published with Jenny. Uh, My blog is called Wonder of Grace blog. And I just post quotes. I post my daily devotions on there and we post my books, like their links and stuff. Oh, and we're with the Heart Community Collection. Come check them out. Yes, please do. You've referenced Anna's podcast a few times. Her podcast is called Heart to Heart with Anna. Yes, Heart to Heart with Anna. Please go check her out. She's got amazing guests on all the time and she's a great CHD resource as well. Okay. 
So we, we do this thing on the show where we, we have a thing called the bag of questions. So we are going to ask you some fun and kind of inspirational questions just off the cuff. And so, uh, so you're up (laughs) for it. You ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, how would you describe yourself in one word? Persistent. Oh I don't yeah. Stop. I keep going until I got this done. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a great she's holding up her book. What a great word. Okay, here's a good one. Uh what do you do to de-stress? I used to like watch TV, but now I meditate or play video games on my computer. <laughs> oh, okay. So what's your what's your favorite video game? Oh, I play like um those blocks or card games like solitaire if you could make one rule for a day and everyone had to follow it what would that rule be one rule yeah Mm -hmm. be kind thank you so much lisa for spending some time with us we're so excited everyone go get her book it's incredible the hope of a heart warrior the hope of a heart warrior and, uh, you know, they've got your information. We'll link that in the information below so they can connect with you and follow up and do those kind of things. But thank you so much for spending some time with us today. No problem. And thank you for having me. I just want to say I appreciate you guys, um, what you guys are doing, what you guys bring to the table for the Heart Community Collection. So, yay, we're going to strive. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, Tom, I really appreciated how vulnerable Lisa was in everything that she shared. She shared some stuff that was probably, you know, it was difficult for her to go through. Um, But I just really appreciated her honesty and her uh, vulnerability about her experience with CHD and growing up with her family and kind of how they treated the experience. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is the concept of informed optimism Mm -hmm. and we talk so much about hope and courage and i think it can be tempting to look at everything with rose-colored glasses like Mm. everything's wonderful everything's great and you know but in reality it's 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 there's a lot of good there's there's challenge those things are mixed together and i really got a sense of that with Mm -hmm. our conversation with lisa that um man a lot of great hope and an inspiration there but it was also good to hear hey the real honest struggles, you know, that Mm -hmm. she's going through, has gone through in her life. And, um, you know, I think it's good to not run away from those things and just kind of understand them and then look for the hope that exists in and through them, you know? Right. Yeah. Like she shared her, you know, she's from a Vietnamese culture and she shared that in that culture, they don't talk about illness. And so how difficult that was for her to be raised in that way where, you know, her parents never talked about it with her really. And her, her extended family members didn't really talk about it. And she felt less than because of that. And she felt less than in school because of that. Cause people, you know, people assumed things about her that weren't true and gosh, that's heartbreaking. And you don't, I hate that she had to experience that, but to see how she's come through that, you know, with, you know, respect for her parents and, and honoring them and that shaped her ultimately in a positive way. But to be able to do that, to, to, to let pain shape us, we have to acknowledge the pain. Yeah. You know, it's, it is also something that 
I think we could relate to in some regard. You know, we're not Vietnamese, but I think every one of us exists in a culture that impacts our worldview, the way that we see illness, the way that we see our family, the way that we communicate. And you, we even see those differences between you and me. Mm-hmm. And the me and my family and my family's culture versus your family's culture. You know, I'm definitely one in which it's like, everything's private. We don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just like tend towards that way. Right. right. And you tend more towards like, I feel more comfortable if there's more people around like in knowing and around me right. and, and and going through this with me right i wonder if that you know now that you mention it i wonder if that's because of you know my family's experience when i was in middle school my mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer and i saw the benefit to being vulnerable in that place um i in the sense that like we had so much community familial support during that time and so you know when we went through this stuff with Harding I think thinking back to those times is really what pushed me to want to reach out and I always felt like through it it's not that I didn't want support but it, it always felt to me like people knowing and me having to like manage their expectations. And sometimes I had to console people about my son, right. you know, yeah, it just felt like extra work, extra burden, just kind right. of like, you know, and I think we saw just between you and me that those differences can create conflict. Mm-hmm. But when we're aware of them and we are talking about them openly, I felt like we could come together and support each other really well through that kind of like pull on each other's strengths and kind of like managing it. Right. Cause otherwise I think we would have just been looking at each other as, you know, enemies, you know, right. Instead of partners. Right. Which is so easy to do in the midst of hardship, you know, in a marriage. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good thing to, to process like what is your default settings. Right. And your family's default settings and your own culture's default settings and mm-hmm. how you process illness and how might that be impacting positively or negatively your heart warrior, your mm-hmm. your own experience and just how you navigate through CHD. Do I, for example, uh, like Lisa, do we shy away from not talking about it, not dealing with it, kind of just like sweeping it under the rug like it happened, it was fixed? And, you know, we, we watched that documentary recently with um, of, with Mike, and he did a documentary. You should go back and listen to that episode. Um, but one of the biggest, most prevailing issues with, with heart warriors is once they reach adulthood, they're not getting checked up regularly. They're not following yeah. up. They're not like, you know, their CHD isn't something that they're managing. It's kind of something that they put behind them. And she kind of shared that about her pregnancy story, that she was like, hiding the fact that she had CHD. Yeah. And so, you know, for example, could that be you? Or could you also be on the other side in, in having this perspective and processing illness where you're you're overwhelmed and crushed by it to the point where you can't move forward, you can't fight through things because you're just overwhelmed, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we don't want to be overwhelmed, but we also don't want to be ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And so... um 
yeah, I, I think that would be, be, that's something I'm walking away from this conversation to kind of like, man, I would like to really think about that a little more. And I would encourage the listeners to do the same. The other thing that we hit on was just what it's like for her to be a parent with CHD. Yeah. And I don't know that I, I have ever thought about it that much. I mean, I know we've had other people on here who are, who have CHD, who are parents, but hearing her story and kind of what she went through with her pregnancies and deliveries and raising kids and having kids who are a little bit older now, they're, you know, kind of preteens and what that's like for her and her struggles of like, well, can I keep up with them? You know, there are certain things I can't do with them and I have to tell them that and that's difficult. And, you know, that's probably a a really challenging thing for her to go through. But I would imagine too, for her kids, that they would feel so inspired by their mom, you know, with everything she's been through. Yeah. You know, it's again, I almost feel like this podcast, if someone's listening to this all the time, they're, you're hearing the same stuff, but I don't, but that it's because I think there's like these, there's similar points that rise to the top all the time. And one of them that's occurring to me now is just how, yeah, if we had a magic wand, we'd take this away. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like I, I want Lisa to be heart healthy and Mm -hmm. active and, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. That's not a choice that we get, you know, the choice that we get is what do we do with what we have? Right. And, and making the most of it and finding joy in it. Right. Cause it can, it's there. Mm -hmm. The joy is there. It's, it's there. The hope is there. Um, it's just processing it. And, um, and she's really taken a hold, taken the opportunity to, you know, she's a fierce CHD advocate persistence that was her word that was cool yeah Yeah. i loved that i kind of want to get her a t-shirt that says persistent (laughs) on it just everything she's done as a result you know she has discovered hope for herself and wants to share it with others and is like actively doing so and i think if i was her child i would feel so proud of my mom That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. In addition to this podcast, we have lots of other resources to help support, encourage, and equip CHD parents. These can all be found at TomandCatHanson.com. You can follow us at TomandCatHanson on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, please rate, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. It really helps this project grow. With that, we'll talk to you next time.